0: What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and we're finishing up Week 16 in the Fantasy Playoffs, taking a look at what happened and why, and trying to take a look at what we think is going to happen for some of these relevant teams, as well as what the offseason might look like for some of these non-relevant teams. And today... We've got relevant and non-relevant, which for years was flipped one way to the other. But now the relevant team is the Buffalo Bills. And they won this game 38-9 over the New England Patriots. So let's start off with Buffalo. And of course, when you're talking Buffalo, you're talking their whole world, Joshua Patrick Allen. And really, he's their whole world because not only is he their best passer, a great passer, a mover in the pocket. He's also their best running back too. I love the way that they will spread teams out five wide. And Josh doesn't have to run the ball all the time out of this, but they're so scared of him running the ball out of that five wide that they have to commit more to their box when they have five receivers or four receivers and a tight end or whatever out there to defend. And when you have good wide receivers to go along with that, it makes all the difference. Now we'll talk a little bit about the wide receiver position here in a little bit, but let's keep going with Josh. Certainly it wasn't the fastest start in the whole world for the Buffalo bills, but once they got it going, they got it going big. And you know, Josh just destroyed his former tormentors. The Buffalo Bills' former tormentors, the New England Patriots, who are now, like the rest of the league, having to play a little quarterback shuffle to try and figure out what they're going to do now. And certainly Tom wasn't, and certainly Tom isn't long for the league either, but obviously he's better than what they've been putting out there so far. And certainly Tom has won round one of New England versus Tom Brady. But we'll get more to that here in a little bit. Now, things that I could say about Josh, the laser rocket arm, the way he moves in the pocket and gives himself more time, the way it's hard to bring him down because he's so big that gives him extra time. All of those things are beautiful things to watch. And like I said, with the five wide situation, I just love the way that they kind of have set everything up around him because really – the running game isn't anything to write home about and that's a problem, but it hasn't been a problem for them overall because they do funnel it so heavily through Josh. And because Josh is such a threat with his legs as well, you know, he just did four for 35, no touchdowns today, as far as his running goes, but they're still scared of it. When they put him in, like I said, when they put him in five wide, they're still scared of it. And they should be because he can rip off big gains, he can make you pay with his legs, and he's hard to bring down in the open field, just like he is in the pocket. So clearly, Josh has put it together. He's a lot calmer in the pocket. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't have those hero ball moments anymore. And it's exciting for Buffalo, for everybody involved. I got to think this is something sustainable as well for next year. Now, I got to think that they're going to put a little bit of resources into the running game and trying to develop that as well. That'll be an interesting new wrinkle for them if they're able to do so. But I got to think Josh is going to be locked and loaded as one of the top quarterbacks. It'll just be interesting for him to see where he lands in the average draft position type situation with them because you just don't know from year to year how it's going to happen. And literally, this has been a year where everything's been funneled through Josh so that'll have to happen again for him to repeat these results. And I get the feeling in fantasy drafts that we're paying for, you know, past production in a lot of ways. So you have to be aware of that and you have to know that, hey, things might change. But Josh feels like one of the more sustainable situations. They're going to have Stefan Diggs next year. They're going to have a lot of good things going on with their wide receivers and the like. So I got to think they still go, through that way but it's just something to think about overall but really all Buffalo Bills fans are thinking about right now is Josh leading them to the playoffs is Josh continuing to show what he's shown and the margins do get slimmer in the playoffs people play harder it's hard to imagine but pro athletes actually do need extra motivation besides millions of dollars to get up for these games sometimes and we don't know exactly how long Josh is going to play next week You know, they'd like to be the second seed, but, you know, home field advantage isn't all it's wrapped up to be this year either. Even though Pittsburgh's not playing their players and they should have an easier time of getting that second seed, it'll be interesting to see how much they play, what they show, how do they look against Miami, because Miami has a legitimate defense and Miami absolutely needs to win this game. I'm not putting all my stock in that basket, but I'm just really looking down the road for Josh for next year for in the fantasy realm, as well as this year in the playoffs. I want him to play well because he is one of my favorite players to watch. And I've just seen him grow up so much from where he was when he started. And Josh is kind of one of those cases where they stuck with him. They gave him a lot of leash and he is rewarding them with his play. And it, it kind of feels like going forward you're going to need maybe not quite a Josh level of talent but you're going to need to have those raw physical skills that they that teams feel like they can develop and feel like it's worth it to give you the leash to develop those skills. So Josh is a prime example of that and I want to see more I just want to see him continue to develop. It's going to be scary once he even has a better feel for defenses. It just gets better and better over time because you've seen these looks more and more. You've, you've developed more in an inside an offense or you've had more experience with offenses overall, whatever it is. And certainly the Buffalo Bills coordinator is probably going to be up for a couple of different jobs as far as head coaching goes. But there's nothing to say he absolutely leaves. But you have to monitor that. That's something else we're going to be looking at in this offseason is who had a change in coordinator, who had a change in head coach. That changes the philosophy, and that leads to different usages for different players. Now, Sean McDermott's not going anywhere, so that's going to be fine, but it is something to think about as far as that offensive coordinator goes, because he has really done something great with this team. And certainly, you got to chalk that up a lot to Josh, absolutely, but... Don't underestimate how good this coaching staff has been. They seem to make a lot of the right decisions, and I'm really high on Buffalo's chances going forward regardless of Josh. Well, because of Josh too, but also because I do like this coaching staff and I like the decisions they make. Speaking of decisions they made, they traded a bunch of picks for Stefan Diggs, and man, has it paid off, you know what what more can you say about his play he's meshed perfectly with josh he, and the, of course the styles match up so that helps too but the way the guys have used him the way he's come through for him the way he's managed to stay healthy even through a foot thing in this game and it wasn't him in the first half but man he turned on the jets and really helped this team get over the hump as far as just everything not just today But overall this season, he has meant a ton to this team. And I can't think that you can overstate how much he's meant to Josh's confidence. It's weird. Having good receivers makes quarterbacks look good. That's weird, right? Now, I'm not saying that Josh's success is because of this by any means, but it certainly helps. You have to have separation from wide receivers. And people are getting all over Tua right now. But, man, he's not getting a lot from his pass catchers either, or the way the offense is set up for him. So it goes to show you a situation can absolutely matter, but Josh has earned this. Stefan Diggs also has earned this. Wide receivers don't typically mesh so well with their quarterback, just right off the bat like this with an offense, just right off the bats like this. It happens. Certainly, you know, a lot of times the talent takes over, but it's not always such a perfect marriage and it doesn't always look like this. See Odell Beckham jr. I mean, even the best situations that have worked out like this still have their kinks with DeAndre Hopkins looks great, but it still doesn't seem like quite the marriage that it is with Stefan Diggs. And I think partially with that, it's kind of the play calling. I wasn't super stoked on the way Cliff called his last game, but we'll see if he can work that out. Now, Buffalo is kind of suffering from a couple of things. They had John Brown out with injury, and then he's out on the COVID list. I got to think they're expecting to get him back for the playoffs. Cole Beasley also hurt himself this week and is kind of week to week at this time. Can't think he plays next week. Hopefully they have him back for the playoffs because both those guys mean a ton to this offense because with both of them, Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis on top of Dawson Knox and then even Lee Smith. And I even like Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, I like all of these options. They've been developing wide receivers at, and they've been using them correctly. And, you know, Gabriel Davis, as much talent as he has as your fourth wide receiver, is so much scarier than him as your second wide receiver. I mean, that's fine, but the thing that also made this team scary was just all the amount of talent they had in the wide receiver position, and I'm hoping for, you know, Buffalo Bills' playoff chances that they have all those guys back. I think they're, like I said, expecting to get John Brown back sooner rather than later. But COVID has affected everybody differently. I don't know for a fact that he had it or not, but you know that can affect people. But I, I think they need all of them back to truly be at their peak and truly be that threat to Kansas City that everybody thinks they are. I think they can threaten them regardless, but I think having all three of those guys plus Dawson on top, in addition to Stefan Diggs is the way to go that way when they spread you out five wide – that's a lot of talent to cover. And then you've got to cover Josh running the ball too. And then Josh can get it to any part of the field. That's what makes him tough. So we need those guys back if they're going to make some sort of run in Buffalo. Like, like I said, I love the talent of Gabriel Davis. I like Dawson Knox too, even though he dropped a really nice touchdown that he could have had to add on to this day. I like both of them. And Lee Smith serves a role too. I mean, they all have their role, Plus, I mean, as much as what you might say about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, they still have talent too. So there's a lot of things to go with on this team. It's not the greatest offensive line I've ever seen, but they get the job done and they've been, a, they've been good about protecting Josh and working within their roles. There's just a lot of things clicking for this team overall. And I like what I'm seeing from, from all of it. I do wish there was more of a running game. Outside of Josh, I mean, certainly Josh only had four of the 27 carries. But those 27 carries are more of a function of them getting up big than what has been going on all season. I like Zach Moss just fine. I like Devin Singletary just fine. It's just the opportunity isn't there for either of them with one of them there. And with the way they're running the ball, it would take – somebody getting all of the carries to be in all of the touches in the passing game to truly be dangerous from a fantasy aspect. So the fact that they're both there great for football, great to have different skill sets and be able to use them interchangeably to a certain extent. I just wish for fantasy purposes, one of them could get the role, even though Devin Singletary had the role for a bit and, you know, couldn't really do much with it at the time. Because like I said, there's just not as much meat on the bone as other situations where they feature the running back more. This is all featuring Josh and featuring the passing game and using Josh as a runner and you know, using him to intimidate the defense with his ability to do so. And that's why I say that even you know with a four carry performance, that's really a function of them just playing the Patriots so well in the passing game and then getting up that he didn't have to do that. But I'm telling you that part of the reason everything else was so successful is because Josh is notorious for running the ball and teams are scared of him running the ball. So that's something that they account for. And when you account for that, you have to take something away from something else, whether that's the outside, you know, covering passes, whether that's up the middle where they can run and somebody takes Josh on the read option or whatever it is. It just means a lot, and I think you have to have that as a part of your offense these days to have the other team be somewhat scared of your quarterback to run and that he won't be a stationary target in the backfield because when they are stationary and the defense knows where to go, it's a lot easier to rush the passer. See Phillip Rivers. So I'm interested to see kind of what happens with this team in the offseason. What do they telegraph? I'm kind of thinking this is one of the teams I'm going to be drafting kind of as is where I think things aren't going to change. But like I said, we just want to we don't know exactly how this offseason is going to go, obviously, yet. And they've telegraphed some things. But we don't know if, if the offensive coordinator is going to be there, you know, what they're going to do with all the different weapons, who's going to be back. So we'll need to see all that. But this is definitely a team on the rise and a team that I'm going to be behind as far as their big options for fantasy and just otherwise. So let's move on to the New England Patriots. And I said earlier, you know, uh, in in the week, you know, it's kind of Tom Brady one, New England zero, as far as, you know, who's won so far. This is really tough to watch on the Cam Newton front, as far as what he's able to do with the ball now. I went back during the holiday week and watched some old films of some quarterbacks that are still playing, but had film from earlier on in their career. And watching Cam was one of the starkest differences between who they were then and who they are now. Not only was was he an explosive passer, and I don't mean just very accurate, he just had an arm kind of like Josh Allen. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of similarities between the two, except for Josh has really developed his accuracy more than Cam ever did. But And I would say Josh still has the better of the two arms if you went back and, you know, put prime Cam versus this but the ball used to explode out of cam's hand and that made it tough in the same way that you know when cam was capable of running the ball and running hard and running over people and then you had to respect him on the outside throwing the ball too that's what made him dangerous and you know over the course of the season his shoulder has lost strength it seems and he's just not able to do the things he's used to doing And it's tough to watch because he absolutely had fastball. Anybody that defames him as not a good quarterback in his prime is wrong. Absolutely had a 95, 96-mile-per-hour fastball and was able to throw it out to people and able to get the ball over the top of defenses that tried to crowd him. And it just looks so dynamic when I saw that old film. And then you watch this game and he's skipping passes and not only is, he, is the arm not there, he's not able to run like he was either. Now, maybe that's from taking a full season of beating and not having options on the outside, but I'm telling you that none of it is ex- as explosive as it used to be. Not the running and not the passing. And in this league, when you lose those things, when you lose a step, a lot of times it shows up in the results and you see what we're seeing now. Now you see Cam still has the ability to run some, but it's just not quite as explosive. It's not as fast. It's not as you know. He's not running over people as strong. And you know you don't when you don't have the over the top passing to go with it. It's not a great situation overall that they that he's put himself into, or that his body is really putting himself into, as what I should say because he's working hard. And you know what he wants it too. You can tell it's just it's just not there anymore. Now what I think is that Cam would make a great backup. If he can, you know, silence his ego a little bit and fall into one of those roles, I bet he can secure himself a bunch more money playing backup because I think he's better than Robert Griffin III and those types. Now, the thing is, he's been beat up all season. He's played a full season now, and the arm's not there. If he can rehab a bit and get himself healthy, he can come in for one game or two games and win you a game. Or even for a little stretch of the season, he can probably win you some games. But taking the full beating now and, you know, not being 100% healthy or not being even close to 90% healthy of what he was, I mean, that's not going to work. And typically the NFL doesn't do superstar backups. They don't like to have the distraction from the backup. They don't like to have that, you know, not only eat into the head of the starter – but they also don't like to have the distraction of somebody talking, somebody flashy, somebody like that. So it'll be interesting to see, is this Cam's last game next game, or is he going to settle up into that backup role that he's meant to? Because he's not an NFL starter anymore with the shoulder and with the lack of step that he has now. Like I said, it's not that far off. You can still see the flashes of what he was, but like I said, without the -the over-the-top arm – And without that extra step and without running people over and the like, it's just not the same. Now, you have to think that if Jared Stidham was showing them anything in practice, that he would be in there for this next game. He didn't look any better than Cam really at this point. I mean, maybe maybe the arm's there, but I don't know. He doesn't really impress me. And there's a reason they signed cam for what they did and went with it. Even when it wasn't going well, I got to think bill knows there's not really much point to winning this game. And in the same way that not winning in week 17 or whatever, I know he wants to win. So there's that, but I mean, I got to think in the same way that he doesn't see much point in putting Stidham out there. Cause I don't think he thinks he has something there either. And I don't really think so either. I was always kind of, questioning whether that was actually going to be a thing and were they going to go into the off season with that kind of thing i'm guessing that if anybody did early best ball drafts they probably had him wasting on their bench at a certain point but man that's why maybe early best ball drafts aren't the way to go probably should wait until the whole free agent situation has sussed itself out because then you might end up with something like that. And, you know, I had Cam as my third quarterback in a bunch of best ball leagues, and he just didn't really pan out to the, this point. And uh, like I said, I just don't see where the New England quarterback's going to come from at this time. It's not going to be Cam for sure, but I don't think it's going to be Stidham either. So it's going to be interesting to watch the Patriots kind of telegraph what they're going to do there, because I can't think that they're going to want to go into year two of no Tom Brady without an answer of some sort in there. Um, I always thought that this would be the team that signed Jameis Winston or something like that. Maybe they trade for one of the distressed younger quarterbacks. Maybe they look at Haskins, who knows? They got to do something though. Cause neither one of the quarterbacks that are on the roster at this point are really options for me going forward. And you know, what else they have to do is they have to rehab the receiving options of this team. Cause they're it's bonkers that they don't have better receivers, especially when they put a first and second round pick into them at this point. But Nikhil Harry isn't very good. He's just kind of a big guy. Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers are fine. Third and fourth wide receivers. You kind of need like two wide receivers over the top of all of these guys to make me feel like there was something going on here. Same thing with the tight end. I mean, what did they really expect to happen with this group of options here? And I guess, really, it was kind of a pack-in season for them that they knew they weren't going to have the ability to kind of shuffle around and do what they needed to do this season to make it successful. And they tried. They put the effort out there, but it just wasn't enough. Now, they're going to get a bunch of players back from, you know, opting out and injury and the like. So there's going to be different players on the field for this team next year. But, man – it was just tough to watch the receivers. It was just tough to watch the running backs. Certainly Damian Harris is probably their best runner, but he wasn't there either. That didn't help anything. Sony Michelle did okay with what he had out there, but man, it's just a lot of things to work on in this offense. And so I'm going to be watching the New England Patriots in the off season to see what they do with everything because there's a lot of carries. There's a lot of you know, receiving totals to be had here if someone can step in with the talent to take them. <clears throat> now, is there going to be a quarterback capable of delivering the ball to him at that time? That's also up in the air. But I got to think if anybody's going to put it together, it's New England. And I got to think that Josh McDaniel's probably going to be back because, I mean, he didn't really show anything that he could do with this team as far as the offense goes. Maybe somebody likes it because. He did so much with so little, but it's hard for me to even say those words because it just didn't look right with Cam. And like I said, it's probably more Cam's fault than anything, but man, just a lost year for New England. And I guess that was kind of telegraphed by, you know, all the opt-outs and Tom Brady leaving, but to kind of whimper off like this is very unpatriots like I mean, I was still kind of scared, that they might be able to do something against Josh Allen. But once Gilmore was out, you know, and Stefan Diggs was free to do whatever he was due this time. I mean, he was there for the first game. He wasn't there for this whole game. He got hurt in the game previous, but uh, man, it's tough to watch. But like I said, it's also tough to count them out because they had so many opt-outs and because they're going to be getting so much back. It's just, Now there's some uncertainty at the top as far as the quarterback goes, something they haven't had to deal with in 20 years. And, you know, it's uh, always been something I've been interested in to see what would Bill Belichick do without Tom Brady and the like. And it looks like we're going to get at least one more year of that the way Tom's playing. So I think New England gets another chance, but it's just going to be tough for them to match when we don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. But they're definitely one of the organizations that's going to have to have somebody different there, wide receiver, and a bunch of different places. Of course, they'll get Edelman back too. But he's getting older. How much time does he have? Man, a lot of questions. So we'll be watching New England closely. The other thing about New England, though, it does take a tremendous amount of talent to consolidate enough touches to be a Stefan Diggs-type player for this team. It took Randy Moss – to really, or Wes Welker, or, you know, one of these big time talents to be able to consolidate enough of the touches and enough of the plays to be fantasy relevant for this team outside of Tom Brady. So, you know, they use James White. So that, you know, affects the running back. They have Sony Michelle. So that affects the new running back or, you know, or will affect Damian Harris and Damian Harris will probably get overdrafted a little bit. And the Patriots are quick to cut on a dime and use a different running back. So it takes a tremendous amount of talent. We're going to have to see them draft somebody and really telegraph it or free agent somebody and really telegraph it before it's something I'm believing in in the first place. But that's what I'm going to be watching for. Is there somebody coming in that I can take advantage of because of their draft position? Or is it going to be, you know, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary splitting the carries all year all over again? We just don't know how that's going to work out. And uh, we're just going to have to draft, you know, the Buffalo bills rushing attack, as well as the, our new England Patriots is kind of a lottery ticket type situation where for Buffalo, if one of those guys gets hurt, maybe they suck up all the different Josh non-Josh carries. Whereas, you know, does Damian Harris get sopped up by, you know, new England's, penchant to run a bunch of different backs out there or is the person they get at quarterback or at running back or a wide receiver is there someone that is so talented that they can consolidate enough of those touches to be relevant for fantasy owners well that's what i've got with for this game like listen subscribe and of course if you've gotten to this point and have not done so download the podcast that lets me know that you're here listening and that you like what you're hearing and uh I hope that you were, my, you found my information useful this year. I'm not going to stop. Obviously, we're going to go through the playoffs as well as the off season to try and make sense of what's going on there. Offseason is actually one of my favorite times when there is information because I love processing what's going to happen and what I think these different situations are going to look like with the changes that are made in the coaching staff, free agents, the whole nine yards. So we'll be looking for that. So look for that. Look for the videos on my YouTube channel and uh, have a great rest of your day.